Welcome back to the longest running series on this channel, the Unexplained and Paranormal Story Series. Welcome back to the swamp, my friends. It's good to see you made it back for another episode. Today I'm going to be sharing some creepy and allegedly true unexplained horror stories sent in by viewers just like you. As usual, if you have a story that you would like to share in a future episode, be sure to upload them at swampdweller.net. I'd love to share your story with everyone here in the swamp. It's stories like yours that help keep this show going on a daily basis. Now, without further ado, let's get into these creepy and allegedly true unexplained horror stories that'll keep you up tonight. Dear Swamp Dweller, I've listened to your stories for quite a while. I finally got the courage to share my own. Mind you, the story at the beginning still may be a little hazy, as it happened to me when I was about five. But as my story goes on, because it continues until I was 22, it will become much more clear. When I was growing up, I lived in a small town in Ohio. To protect my family and friends, their names will be changed. Now, I have an older sister who I will call Lucy. We lived in a small trailer outside of a small town literally in the middle of nowhere. It would take us 20 minutes to get to any major stores. Now one night, my sister Lucy invited one of her friends over, who we will call Jessie, to spend the night and have a sleepover. At the time, I and my sister had to share a room. Jessie was one of my sister's odd friends. She was gothic and into all this creepy stuff. So, she had brought over a Ouija board. Me being five, not understanding the significance of it, I thought it was just some kind of board game. Well, later that night, I want to say around midnight or so, my sister Lucy and her friend Jessie pulled out the Ouija board and told me to go to bed. After putting a ring of salt around my bed and around them, saying it would protect us and our well-being, I tried to just sleep. But being a little kid, I wanted to see what the big kids were doing. They turned off all the lights and lit a couple of candles. They both sat cross-legged on the floor with their hands on the indicator. I'm not sure what it's called. Then, they started asking questions. Within a few minutes, they started receiving answers. Both had the normal reaction, asking each other if they moved the planchette or not. After a few minutes, they realized neither of them were doing it, and there was an outside force moving it. At one point, whatever was doing it asked them both to lay on the floor. I remember this very clearly. Maybe about five to ten seconds after they laid on the floor, I saw a red orb and a white orb enter the room. I was so confused, I didn't know what was going on. Then, as I watched from my bed, I saw the red orb enter my sister Lucy and the white orb Jessie. For a few moments, nothing seemed to happen. Neither of them moved. Then it was like all hell broke loose. Dark shadows started swarming over me in my bed. I started to scream and freak out. My mother heard all the commotion. When she came in, I was being lifted off my bed by my hair. My sister and her friend were stuck to the floor and could not move a muscle. My mother started chanting something I have no idea what. Whatever it was, though, it worked. I fell to my bed, and my sister and her friend both sat up at the same time. My mother looked at them and they looked at me. She saw the Ouija board on the floor and asked my sister and friend what they had done. 
When neither of them answered, she asked me. I told her what I saw and what had happened. My mother was incredibly angry at my sister and her friend. She took the Ouija board and went outside to burn it. As I would later find out, that is not a good thing to do. Now, ten years after that, nothing happened. My parents would buy a double wide and put it on a basement foundation to make it look like a real home. When building all of this, we had a lot of problems. The biggest problem that I can remember was when we put the basement foundation in the back wall of the foundation fell in. We chalked it up to nothing but natural occurrences. The year I turned 15, my mother had gone to an antique store and bought an antique mirror. She hung it above a 55-gallon aquarium. One day, my sister and mother were sitting in the dining room. We were all talking about mundane things in our lives. All of a sudden, we heard something running to the house, and then a child's laughter, and a bedroom door slam. Me and my mother and my sister both look at each other in shock. We had no idea what happened, but things continued to get worse. There was one morning during the summer I had woken up late from staying up all night. My mother, they have been working 70-hour weeks and had the day off finally, was sleeping in too. When I walked into the kitchen, I screamed my lungs out. All the cabinet doors were open, and all the dishes were stacked on the counters in impossible variations. I was freaking out. On the counters, there were cans of vegetables stacked on top of some things that didn't make any sense. This was in a way that would be extremely odd for any human to do. When my mother heard the scream, she came out of her bedroom and saw what had happened. She had started to put the pieces together, so she decided to seek help. She talked to my father about it. My father was a skeptic. He had never been really into the paranormal and had never even been there when these events happened, nor did he believe in such things. This ends in an argument between the two of them. Eventually, my mom would just wait until my father would leave and go to work, and then contact a Wicca priestess for help. The priestess gave her things to bless the house with. She had sent me away to one of my friend's house, and called and asked my sister who had moved out at the time for help. I do not know the events that occurred that particular night. I do know that things were okay for at least a year, until one night. I was in the living room. The way our living room was set up is we had one large couch, which was up against the window next to the end table on the other side, was a love seat, so it was shaped like an L, with the coffee table in the middle. Next to the other end table at the end of the large couch is where there was a TV stand. We also had a fireplace in the living room, which was across from the large couch directly opposite. It was a weekend, and I was working on a project for school. My parents were out grocery shopping, so I sat at the coffee table on the floor working on my project while watching TV with my back to the fireplace. Suddenly, I got the strangest feeling like something was watching me. I started looking around. Then I looked at the fireplace. I noticed movement in the fireplace. I thought this was odd. As I kept looking at the fireplace, I noticed a face. Whatever this thing was had scraggly hair and cat-like eyes that were green and it was honestly a demonic smile. That's the only way I can describe how deranged it looked. It had what looked like alligator teeth. I was so entranced by it I kept on staring at it. I decided to try to draw it. It moved its head back and forth, bobbing it and weaving it. And finally, I think it said something to me. It said I have been with you for many years, and I will never leave, 
Even when you think I'm gone, I'll still be there. At this point, being scared out of my mind, I ran to grab my house phone and called my mother and told her she needed to come home right now. When she and my father got home, they asked me what I was doing in their bedroom. They could see me from the window while they were in the driveway coming up. I told them I haven't left the living room the entire time. I was too scared to move. My parents did not believe me, and my mother got upset when she told me that I shouldn't be telling stories. Two weeks after this event was when things really got bad. My father was away on work again. Me and my mother were sitting in the living room watching TV together. As we are watching TV, we started hearing bangs on our front door. My mother went to check, and there was no one there. She sat back down and started watching TV with me again. Then we heard footsteps running through the house. My bedroom door slammed, and the laughter of a child was heard. I and my mother both looked shocked at each other, sheer terror coming across our eyes. The cabinet doors in the kitchen all started opening and closing, banging hard like someone was very angry. The mirror above the fish tank started vibrating and banging on the wall. At this moment, I and my mother stood up and ran for her bedroom. She went to her side table and pulled out sage candles in the Bible. She lit the candles and the sage and started repeating a verse from the Bible. I started to become very angry and felt sick. About 20 minutes of her just repeating the verses, everything stopped. She asked me if I was okay and I replied that I don't know and I didn't feel very well. She put her hand on my forehead and realized I was burning up. A few hours later, we cleaned up everything and I felt fine. The fever was gone. Many years later, I had entered a bad relationship. When I was around 22 years old, my ex and I decided to go on a night drive. It had been raining for a few days, and we wanted to get out of the house. We were coming down a steep hill when suddenly something was in front of us in the road. When I say something, I knew exactly what it was. It was the same scraggly figure I had seen in my fireplace all those years ago, but this time it had a body. It was about six feet tall, had long claws for hands, and was still scraggly as ever. My ex slammed on the brakes to try to avoid it as we swerved past it, and it reached out towards our car. Our tires blew out, and he started swerving uncontrollably down a hill with a curved bottom with an embankment. We went over the embankment and landed on a bush which allowed our car to land softly, luckily. My ex had hit his head off the window on the driver's side. Luckily, I was wearing a seatbelt and was not too much hurt. He was unconscious for roughly five minutes. I was trying to get out of the car and get help. We landed on their side, and the only way out was through the passenger side. When he finally came, he helped me open the passenger door and climb out. Mind you, at this point, we were both in shock. He decided he was going to walk back to his house and pull the car out with his truck. He told me to stay there and wait. As I did, the figure appeared again, and this time, it was ten feet away from me. It spoke without moving its mouth, and that same demonic smile. It said to me, I will leave you. He is my new prey. Say goodbye to him. My ex started to come down the hill in his truck when the light hit the figure and disappeared. I didn't tell him what happened. I was too scared. I thought I was still in shock and just hallucinating. A few months later, him and I broke up. I have not seen him ever since, and although I have heard about him, Things in his life have gone pretty bad, 
I do not know if it was the creature's doing or if it was just karma. I do know when I speak about these events that they send chills down my spine. I have not seen that figure since that day. I pray I will never, ever encounter it again. I don't know if it came from the Ouija board or not, but I refuse to have any in my home or around me. I'm sorry if the story was long-winded, but this really did happen. I hope you decide to share this on your show. I love listening to your stories and hope you continue with it. Hey Swamp Folk, summer is over, there's a chill in the air, and spooky season has arrived. So let's watch scary movies. There's no better place for horror than Shudder, which has kicked off its annual 61 Days of Halloween, a two-month supersized celebration full of new movies and series, like a new season of Creepshow and VHS 94. And that's just the start of Shudder's unbeatable Halloween lineup. There are new specials from Elvira and Joe Bob Briggs, a new season of the Boulette Brothers Dragula, their new docuseries behind the monsters on the origins and pop culture dominance of your favorite modern movie monsters, and so much more. Personally, I'm really excited on the Behind the Monster series, which premieres 10:27, and there's going to be new episodes every single week. You can stream great thrillers, horror movies, and suspense movies for $5.99 a month or $56.99 a year. Shudder has the largest, fastest-growing curated selection of thrilling and dangerous entertainment, the Netflix for horror. They are always uploading new supernatural terrors and edge-of-your-seat thrillers and shocking horrors added all the time. You can have it on your iPhone, your iPad, your Apple TV, Xbox One, Amazon Fire TV, Google Chromecast, and so much more. You have unlimited access to ad-free content on all of your favorite devices. Shudder is unparalleled. I've been using this for quite a long time and has all my favorite movies on there. I can watch anything from classics like Carrie to brand new things like VHS 94. So what are you waiting for? Join me and many others in the swamp. Get started streaming the best horror, thriller, and supernatural content. Shudder's expertly curated collection includes must-see titles like Vicious Fun, The Mortuary Collection, and PG Psycho Gorman. Plus, all of the best horror documentaries and the hit Creepshow TV series from executive producer Greg Nicotero of The Walking Dead. Try Shudder for free for 30 days. Go to Shudder.com and use promo code SWAMPED. That's S-H-U. D-D-E-R dot com and use promo code SWAMPED. Like any other year, on the 4th of July, my family and I would go to the beaches of Florida and watch the fireworks in the distance. But this year I will never forget the 4th of July. At the age of 18, I still lived with my parents. You can't beat cheap rent and free food. I had very few friends, and fewer co-workers that I actually talked to, so my pool of people to hang out with was very limited. So when offered a free trip to Florida, I was excited and glad to have spent some time with my mom and dad. I was not the only child. My brother not long ago passed away, but I guess that made me an only child now. But now it's just me and my parents. On the third, we packed up everything in the car before the sun came up and began our long drive. We lived in Tennessee, so we had to pass through Georgia to get to Florida, a trip we had taken many times before. But this time would be our last as a family. I stared up the window at nature when I thought I saw something pass through the trees along the car. 
I chalked it up to the lighting or something reasonable, and decided to put my earphones on and listen to some music to pass the time. I heard my parents scream as the car suddenly came to a stop. My eyes flew open as I lurched forward into my seatbelt as it yanked me back to the seat. My head whipping forward, tossing my earphones, and me smacking my head against the seat. I looked as my dad was gripping the steering wheel with white knuckles. I could see he was in shock and fear from something. I didn't know what, though. I turned to my mother as she had a tight grip on the OS bar. Her other hand was gripping the bottom of the seat. Outside the windshield was the, the hood of the car, bent towards us like we had hit something and steam was rising into the air. We were for sure not driving away in this car, especially after this. It was totaled, not fixable at all. The pain was like a tsunami. My head ached, and my neck was killing me. I groaned at the pain and rubbed my neck. My dad turned around and said, there's something out there, that... I cut him off with a rude comment. I'm fine, thanks for asking. I guess I'll, I'll look at the engine... Before I opened my door, my mother's door threw open and she was pulled out. My dad was so shocked he didn't stop staring forward. I quickly jumped out of the car and dashed into the forest after her. But after a few minutes, I ran out of breath and my father came from behind. He was also out of breath as well and said, Why are you running through the forest? I looked at him with anger and said, You're going to let whatever that was take mom? He tilted his head at me in confusion and said, Your mom's at the car. You just dashed out of the car into the woods. Come on, let's go back and stop playing your games. I took a step back and said, I'm not making this up. My dad stood up straight and said, Listen, you may be an adult, but you better watch your tone with me. Now, let's get back to the car. I gave in as the child in me knew he was very serious now, and it was best to listen to him. We walked back to the car and sure enough, my mom stood there with her phone against her face as she was angrily talking to someone on the other side. She huffed in an angry tone and put the phone down and said, There is no tow truck nearby, and we would probably be here for four hours, which would put us in the dark. My dad nods and says, It's okay. People shoot fireworks off at night on the 4th at least the big ones, so I'm not too worried. My mom's glance turned to me as she said, And you're running through the woods like a madman for... Before I could say anything, my dad said, Clearly, she thinks you were taken by something and pulled into the woods. I then yelled. She was. But I don't know, okay? I know what I saw. And I know that I didn't hallucinate it. So just drop it. My dad was about to say something about my choice of words, but my mom gave him a look as I passed her and entered the car. I turned on my phone and saw it was a low battery inside as I looked for my charger block. I couldn't find it, and figured I had probably forgotten it. I groaned in annoyance before putting my earphones on and closing my eyes as I laid back into the seat with my legs out of the car. All the running made me extremely tired, so I quickly passed out. The sounds of screaming woke me up. I shoot up to see it was dark all around me. Bugs and nightlife were surrounding me. All I could hear were the sounds of the bugs. I got up and slid out and tried to turn on my phone but I saw that it had died. I tossed it into the car with my earphones and closed the door. I looked around before yelling, Mom! Dad, where are y'all? With my hand cupped around my mouth, I didn't hear anything back. I stretched for a moment thinking about what to do. I glanced both ways down the street and saw nothing on my right, but in that far distance to my left was what seemed to be a tow truck. 
I waited on it until it pulled closer. Its lights appeared to stay at the same distance, though. My impatient self decided to walk towards the tow truck. Everything seemed normal. As far as I remember, the animals and such were making their noises and calls. Swatting all the bugs away, I finally got halfway. After probably walking for three minutes or so, I saw the inside of the tow truck was on, and there was a red light shining down from inside. I thought about how weird it was that the inside of the car would be lit up with red. I sighed and made the rest of the way over. Once I was about ten feet away, I could see the front of the truck was dented, just like my family's car. A bit creeped out, I approached the door. It was open. I still have nightmares of what I saw to this day. Blood coated the inside of the tow truck, making the light appear red. Guts and chunks of flesh laid throughout the seat and floorboard of the tow truck. I gagged at the sight. I stood there frozen in fear. What could have done this? And what, what even was this? You would think it was a human, but maybe it was an animal. I don't really know what my mind was thinking. So many thoughts came to a sudden stop when I heard my mom call out. Jessica, Dad is hurt and I need your help to carry him. Please come out, I need you. I was about to jump in joy at the sound of my mom's voice. I would have ran to her, hugging her right away, but something in the pit of my stomach told me to run or hide. I'm glad I listened to my instinct. If I hadn't, I may not be writing this. I hid under the tow truck, aligning my body with the two tires, so where my mom was coming from, she would not be able to see me. She came out of the woods with no light or anything else to see through the woods. Except, her body was bloody, but walking fine. I could hear her wet footsteps on the hard road as it grew closer. She called out again. Jessica, I need you. Please come out, my baby. The voice grew twisted at the end, and I could hear slabs of flesh smacking against the ground. I wished I never looked. Luckily, this thing was facing away from the truck as it began to pull away. The skin of my mom and clumps of it were falling to the floor. It was piling around it. As fur began to stick through, and these claws began to become clear, the face and chest of this monster were being exposed. Suddenly, this thing lets out a monstrous screech. I almost lost my hearing as I quickly covered my ears. It was like a radiostatic frequency I've never heard. Once it was done, it got on all fours and began to sniff the air and growled. I could hear claws tapping the road as it got closer to me. I thought this was it. I was about to die to a werewolf-like thing. Except, it jumped into the tow truck and clawed around, shaking the whole truck, almost tipping it over, destroying the insides. I crawled out quickly and began to run with every might of strength I had left. I had to get back to the car to call for help. But I didn't make it halfway when I heard the sound of my brother. He called out my name. My heart dropped and shattered in so many pieces as the memory of that day came flooding back. The day I lost my brother. It was my job to watch him, but I wanted to talk with this boy next door instead. I told him to stay away from the water. I heard my mother scream, and I ran back to see my brother's lifeless body floating on the surface of the water. He was still so young. He would be nine if he was still alive, but due to my greed and my bad choices, he died at six. My family was never the same. They didn't have to tell me that they blamed me. I already blamed myself and Will for the rest of my life. Nothing I could do will bring him back. 
So standing there hearing the nickname he gave me, I began to tear up. As I turned to see his face as I last remembered, this one made my heart shatter even more. He very slowly walked to me as I said, I'm so sorry, it's my fault. You died because of me. Will you, can you ever forgive me? My brother nodded and held his hand to the air for me to pick him up and put him on my back like he used to. I was a foot away when I realized what it was doing. I kicked it away from me and yelled, It may be my fault you're dead, but you're not my brother, and I will kill you for even trying to become him for one second. I don't care if I die, but you will not copy my brother. It shed his skin and grew as it stared me down with a pale white skull the thing hissed and said, Did you truly care about him? In a raspy voice. It took me a second before I said, Back then I didn't show my love, but I have always cared for my brother. He looked up to me, and now he needed me most. I was not there for him. So yes, I always cared for my brother, and even when he is gone I still care about him. And I will to this day. This beast, this thing, with its black matted fur, stared into my eyes with its yellow predator-like eyes that seemed to glow in the dark. I waited for a minute as I fainted and closed my eyes. I smiled as I knew I may get to see my brother once again. But death never came. Instead of her claws scratching at the cement row below my feet, I opened my eyes to see it was gone and I was spared. After that, nothing else weird ever happened. The cops showed up. I was in the back of a car in shock. They eventually found my parents. They had gotten lost in the woods after being dazed and confused after hearing voices telling them to walk out. I tried telling them, but no one believes me. So now three years later after I tell my story of a monster that will spare you if you have regrets, uh, nobody wants to listen to it. But today is a reminder of the day I lost my brother and that I learned that there are more things in this world then we can quite process sometimes. Whether it's supernatural, paranormal, otherworldly, I don't know. But monsters do exist. My message to you is to not only be safe on 4th of July, but if you go to Georgia and you hit something that you can't see on the road, you are better off running than waiting for anyone to save you. Sometimes, the past is better to be left alone. I have been a Marine for about 14 years now. I grew up Baptist. I do not go to church often, though. My girlfriend is Catholic, and it has been a while for her, too. I am open-minded to unexplained phenomena. However, I also believe in underlying causes for a lot of things that initially cannot be explained. The following account is a series of events that I have experienced in my house over the last few years. I cannot explain these events at all. At the time, everything started, I had been living in my house for probably a year. It was her, her two children, one boy who was 11 at the time and one girl that was 2 at the time. My two boys, who were 4 and 1, it was summer and the oldest boy was having a sleepover with friends. They were playing in their room, as kids do. Something that I was unaware of, though, is that the children who came over had brought one of these homemade Ouija boards. Apparently, they had been playing with this thing for the better part of the night. I found it when they got too loud in the evening, and I went in to check on them. 
I have never used one of these things. I have never heard really anything about them, and have always kind of stayed away from that kind of stuff, and I've never even considered playing with one. Anyway, upon discovering the board, I quickly removed it from the kid's possession. I took it to my fire, put out back, and lit it on fire. Well, I tried anyway. This thing, even though it was made out of paper and cardboard, would not burn. I then proceeded to douse it with gasoline and relit the board. The edge charred a little bit, but to my astonishment, this thing still was not destroyed. It took more than a couple of weeks of it being exposed to the elements, rain, sun, etc., before the board finally crumbled away into ash. I found this to be odd but shrugged it off. I later learned that once you are done with a session, you are supposed to say goodbye. This apparently never happened because of my hasty confiscation of the board. I also learned that to dispose of the board, you are supposed to bury it. I truly believe that this is what started the following occurrences. Over the next several weeks after the board incident, odd things started happening around the house. It started with things disappearing and then reappearing in obvious places that had already been searched. For example, I would light a cigarette and put the pack on my nightstand. I would not move from the bed and when I went to go get another one, it would be gone. I would of course look for it, but I would never be able to locate them. I would then find them either hours or days later in random places. Places like neatly placed in front of the front door or hidden in a drawer somewhere. Things like this would happen every few days or so. It wasn't limited to smokes, but would include my toothbrush, body wash, anything small that I needed on a daily basis. There are only so many places that these items could be, but any time I would find these things, they would be sat neatly in a random spot, like the center of my living room, after returning from dinner with the entire family. Now, I would generally brush this off as me being forgetful. I don't know how I would accidentally leave the bath wash in the middle of a living room floor when it belongs in the shower, but these things happened quite often. I would just brush these things off, and things continued to escalate for quite some time. My girlfriend was in our room doing laundry one day, while video chatting with her friend while I was at work. All the kids were in school or daycare currently. She heard a thud coming from the walk-in closet. This is where all my clothes, shoes, and uniforms are. Investigating the noise while still on her video call, she opens the closet door to find every single article of clothing had been lifted off the rack, still on the hangers, and were laying in a huge pile. The shoe cubby had been emptied as well, except it was only the right shoes that had been removed. The left had remained in their designated areas. She called me and panicked, so I came home to see for myself, and sure enough, it was exactly the way it was described. Now, I would have thought it was her trying to play a prank on me. However, when I walked out of the room, every left cabinet was wide open in our kitchen. I walked past the kitchen when I initially arrived home, and it was not like this at all. I would have noticed it. It was odd, to say the least. I can see my kitchen from my room and should have heard or seen this happen. One evening, the oldest son, I had been playing video games with him, my TV and PlayStation sit above the fireplace on the mantel. When we decided to call it quits, I put the controller on the mantel as usual to charge it and was talking to him about something. I can't really remember what the topic was about. Without warning, the controller flings itself across the room towards us, landing by our feet. If it fell, 
There's no way it would have made it that far. The floor is straight and not curved in any way. I, uh, this thing easily shot ten feet across the house. I've honestly never seen anything like this in my life. The odd happenings continued to occur and by this time it was December. During my lunch break I would come home and go for a run around my neighborhood to help keep up my cardio. One day, I came home to run. I was on my way to my house when I passed my girlfriend. She was on her way to pick up some things from the store. We waved at each other and I went home as usual to change. She had decorated the house with festive things such as trinkets and plants. She had placed two poinsettias on the counter in her kitchen as part of her decorations. Doing these things makes her happy and I let her do her thing. I went on my normal run a couple of miles or so and returned home in a relatively short amount of time. I got something to drink and proceeded to shower off fast so that I would have time to eat and get back to the office. It could not have taken me more than five minutes to scrub off and make my way back to the kitchen to grab some food. When I walked in, the two plants were gone. Odd. I thought my girlfriend's two had not returned, so I went back into my room to ask if she had come back and left while I was in the shower. She was still at the store. I went back out, and there were the two plants, sitting right in the middle of the floor spaced a couple of feet apart. Shocked, the only reaction I had was to say out loud, these don't belong here. I picked them up and returned them to their rightful place on the counter. I called my girlfriend back just to make sure that she had not done anything with this. I explained what had happened, and at this point she was kind of scared. Instead of coming home, she went to the local Catholic church to talk to the priest. Like I said earlier, I'm not Catholic, but from what I know, they are the ones who really deal with this sort of thing. That evening, my girlfriend was doing laundry. Our dryer was out of action, so we had to hang lines through the hallway to hang clothes on as they dried. She was in the back hall hanging up the wet clothes while I was relaxing in my bedroom. Suddenly, she barged into the room completely terrified. She said she saw someone walk past the room doorway that you can see from the location of the washer and dryer. I immediately went and got my pistol out of the safe that is right beside my nightstand. I punched in the code as I always do and it flashed red. It didn't open. I tried again and still nothing. I know the code to my own pistol safe. It is only three buttons in a certain order. I tried again and it continued to fail. I quickly moved to my big gun safe to retrieve another rifle. This combo was a locker combo and it worked. I retrieved my AR-15, loaded it, and I was somewhat excited for the upcoming fight that was about to go down with this intruder. Remember, I'm a marine. They train us to go towards the danger. I kept my eyes on the entrance of the hall the entire time. There is no door to the outside, just a hall with two bedrooms and a window in each. Slowly, I began making my way down the hallway through the maze of clothes that hung about the entire length of the hallway. It was quiet. Dead quiet. My rifle was up and ready to dispatch the poor soul who had picked the wrong house to enter. I got almost to the corner of the end of the hall that led into the room where the alleged intruder was now said to be hiding. Before I could pop the corner, I was hit with a growl. Not a dog growl. This growl sounded... surreal. It surrounded me. It was deep. Very deep. It reverberated through my being, and I felt it in my chest. The only thing I could find on the internet that even remotely resembled this growl was that of a black panther growling that I was able to find on YouTube. I exclaimed, holy crap, verbally, 
That scared the crap out of me, and I don't frighten easily. I pulled myself together and knew I had to get into this room and confront whatever or whoever was in my house. I took a couple of deep breaths and aggressively entered the room to protect my family. There was nothing there. Just an empty room. I then made the connection that I wasn't dealing with something that I could shoot to eliminate. At this point, I was convinced that something had taken residence in my home. All the weird things that had been happening over the months. I believe it now. I couldn't ignore it. I heard that growl just like I hear anything else in life. I put away my rifle and went to my Bible and took it off the shelf. I went back into the room and just prayed aloud. I prayed for a long time. I don't know how long, but I didn't stop until I was sure whatever was there definitely heard me. I feel like the growl wasn't offensive. I think it was defensive. Whatever it had, it wanted me to be afraid of it, to get me to leave it alone. I remember from church that if you have the Lord in you, he will protect you. The priest came shortly after, probably a couple of days. I felt crazy telling him all about this. I never talked to a priest and felt like he would think that I lost my mind. He wasn't phased by any of this. He was very nonchalant about the entire situation, actually. He had us all gather round, and he had said some prayers. He then went through each room of the house throwing some holy water on all of the rooms, including us. I made sure to have him throw some extra in the room with whatever was there that growled at us. He told us to let him know if it keeps happening, and he would be more than happy to come back. Before he left, I asked him if he has encountered things like this before. He said he had, and that he must do this from time to time. He told me a story that he had done this before. When he was done and leaving the house, ten vultures landed on his car. They had all just landed there while he was inside. They all looked at him when he came out, and they just stared at him for a couple of minutes, not moving or making a noise. They all suddenly took flight and flew away, all in the same time. Very odd is all I can say about that. I believe him. Why would a priest make up something like that? The next day, the family and I returned to our home. Everything was normal, it seemed. I opened the door to my son's room to begin our routine of bath, pajamas, etc. And to my surprise... His bed was standing on end in the center of the room. Still, with the covers made and everything, it was standing on the headboard vertically. All the doors and windows are locked. I put the bed back where it belongs and went on with my evening. From then on, whenever we left the house, I started playing gospel music on the radio at full volume and would start sermons on full blast on the TV before we would leave. Things have mostly been quiet since then. I feel like whatever it was, it probably lost most of its energy. I don't know what, what to do, honestly. But I just wanted to share this with you, because I listen to your show all the time. Thanks for listening to these creepy and allegedly true unexplained paranormal horror stories sent in by viewers just like you. If you enjoyed these stories, please be sure to hit that like button. The more likes this episode gets, the more YouTube promotes it in the algorithm, and that's incredibly helpful to the swamp. If you have a story that you would like to share in a future episode, whether it's a paranormal story or something you can't explain, be sure to submit it at swampdweller.net or the email you can find in the description down below.
I'd love to share your story with everyone here in the swamp. It's stories like yours that help keep this show going on a daily basis. I'd love to know in the comments down below what story tonight was your favorite. I think story number two might be my favorite tonight. If you're listening to this on iTunes or another podcast platform, please be sure to give us a five-star rating and leave us a review. If you're on the go and don't have YouTube Premium but still want to download your favorite Swamp Dweller Scary Stories no matter where you are, you can download them absolutely free from iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, and pretty much anywhere else you find your favorite podcast online. Thank you guys, as always, for supporting the Swamp the way you do. I couldn't do this on a daily basis without you guys. If you'd like to support past hitting that like button, subscribing, and giving us a 5-star rating on iTunes, maybe check out the merch store. I have t-shirts, hoodies, face masks, and more. I'd love to see you guys wearing some cool Swamp threads. Be sure to join me on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, and I'll see you all soon with another creepy video.